Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Yo, 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 yo. Yo. Yo, diggity. Busting out the crystal here <laughs> on bloody veg, on the bloodthirsty vegetarians. Breaking out the crystal on the bloodthirsties. Shit, yes. Burning candles. We got incense right, going. It it's not it's, working. It's like crazy zen here. Incense? We got the in- well, no. I'm just, but we do have an open flame at the table. We can burn this cork. I I started to burn a the, the little film review thing from Munson, but. You can see because part of the corner is missing. Oh, you know, I wanted uh, to get a picture uh, with Joe before he left last week, but I forgot. Oh, well. He 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 said that he's not going to be doing uh, another show with us ever again. He did? Yeah. When I wasn't in the room? Yeah. He, he said, said that? He he said, you know what? I just can't take it anymore. What, what was it he couldn't take exactly? He said- He can't handle the there's truth? There's too he much can't confusion. The I can't get no relief. Something like that. I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> Because I try. And he said there and must be some kind of way out of here. And I try, 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 try. He said it to some joker and a thief, I think. Anyways. He said it. Well, you know what I said to him? Hey, Joe. <laughs> what you doing with the car keys in your hand? Yeah. And he went and got a gun. Oh, enough of that silliness. So what happened since last week? What's I actually new? met Joe at Woodstock. That's the really <laughs> funny thing. Yeah. Well, he stayed away from the brown acid. <laughs> That's Thanks. right. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's very notorious for taking his Roland piano on stage and lighting it on fire. Oh, yeah. Kneeling in front of it while it burns. Yeah. He, he's got like a whole crate full of those pianos so that he can burn <laughs> them on stage every show. You know, speaking of that, and this is not whimsical, but um, there was a festival after Woodstock on the Isle of Man. Um, I forgot what the festival was called, but it took place in like 69 or 70 or something. And it was way more commercial than Woodstock. And it wasn't like as successful because people saw it as like really corporate, like like the later Woodstocks like were. Woodstocks. Yeah. But anyway, Emerson Lake and Palmer played at this particular Isle of Man festival. And the way Jimi Hendrix would manipulate guitars, and by manipulate I mean throw them around, start them on fire, beat them against his amps. Keith Emerson used to do that with a Hammond organ. Have you ever <laughs> seen this footage? He would like balance it on one leg and like spin it around and do all these weird things uh, with a no. Hammond organ while he was playing it. Sorry. You, you got to see it to believe it. Early Emerson I don't believe Lake, it. No, it's true. Early Emerson Lake and Palmer video. I don't believe he's picking up any Hammond organ. Those things were like 7,000 pounds. No, he wasn't picking it up. He was just sort of balancing it on a point and like spinning it around. It was Even it was, so. No. It's the 7,000-pound instrument. It's, it's not quite that heavy. And, All right, 6,000 uh, He has the strength pounds. of 10 men. <laughs> well, you know, when you eat the brown acid, you get he that is, kind of strength. He is Keith Emerson, after all. Well, at least he's not Ralph Waldo. Yeah, that's true. So it was fun to have Joe here last week, a little different uh, guest. Yeah. A little uh, shake it up a little. Shake it up. Dude. Still haven't had that mythical guest that we're going to have. Maybe Oren Domenico? Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> He's done. 
He's dead to you all of a sudden? He, no, he blew us off twice. He's dead to me. You know, I don't think wow. we're ever having him back. Strong words. If I have my way, he's not coming on the show. You have a vote, but you know, <laughs> that means it's a tie and we need a tiebreaker if you vote the other way. So you're like going to completely boycott him? I mean, he's you're going to try to run him out of town too? He's dead to me. It's a, you said it, you know. Hatfield McCoy kind of situation? I got a shotgun. I got a double. I got a scatter gun. You're going to get yourself a coon hound? <laughs> I'm going to get my scatter gun, and if he's at the door, I'm going to shoot him full of salt. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what would happen? Think Kill Bill (laughs) 2. Well, that would be painful. What would happen if, like, you had a child, and then that child, like, was in some sort of weird star-crossed lover kind of thing with his child? That would, that would, like, bring down two houses. Oh, you know, I know that one of our listeners out there is dying to know. I, I talked about being rear-ended in my car, not the kind that you're used to. but So you were in the front seat? I was in the driver's seat. And uh, one of our listeners, I think her name is Francis, wanted to know what happened to the car. I took it to a collision shop, and there was not a damn thing wrong with it. So I didn't have to make the kid's insurance go up for rear-ending me, which is automatically his fault in this state, if you're not aware. So um, I'm just playing with pens here. I'm sorry. I'm adding to the background noise, which I hate. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, it's because you're... But, uh, yeah, so the car's fine, you know? I don't have to get any repair work done. A collision guy got right, got underneath there, got his hands dirty, looked at it and said, how fast did you say the guy was going? I said, I don't know. About, about a thousand. About 12 miles an hour. And he goes, wow, you know, not a damn thing wrong with your car. So I said, all right, fine. I guess I don't have any business for you, but next time, you know, you're you're my shop. Well... He probably planted something on the car. It was a GPS device. In about 100 miles, the ass end of the car is going to fall right out. (laughs) It's just going to fall off. That's right. I don't know. So, you know, we still have voicemail. 206-376-1907. I thought you meant we had more voicemail to play. No. No, we don't have any voicemail yet. But hopefully some of our listeners will call 206-376-1907. I'm going to start pranking that phone call. And leave us. I'll know it's you. And leave us some voicemail. That is a U.S. number that's uh, located in the Seattle area, which is where this free service is located. And they, whenever somebody leaves us a voicemail, they automatically email me a little wave file. A very poor quality way of file, but we can live with it. Yeah, it's good enough for uh, government work. It's good enough for rock and roll. So check us out. And again, I'm still running an IRC channel. Nobody on there right now, but an IRC channel. Log into the server Freenode on Thursday nights, two weeks from tonight, actually. Which is what's today? Today's the ninth. So on the um, what's that going to be? The next time we record the twenty. Uh, I, I again with the math. I can't do it. You said there'd be no math. So today's the 9th. So I'm thinking on the 23rd, log into your IRC server. Log into Freenode and go to the uh, go to the chat room, dollar sign, bloody veg. I'm in there all alone right now. Nobody's there. I'm hoping to interact with some people. Trying to make this more interactive. It's not happening. Well, you know, you're trying to latch on to all these weird fetish type Twitter, technologies. Twitter, Rich Wilgus at Twitter. And, and Twitter's of course, dead. John is Jifka, J-I-F-K-N. Twitter is dead. But we do have voicemail, 206-376-1907. Leave us some voicemail. San Antonio, Texas. I know a lot of people um, are loath to leave us audio feedback, which we've requested in the past, because a lot of people you know, might not feel comfortable talking to their computer or don't know how to use the recording software. But everybody knows how to use, knows how to use an answering machine. And that's essentially what our voicemail is, so they can use that. Sounds good to me. So we got a track? little diversion here. Uh, let's, uh, you want to check it out? Mm-hmm. Let's check it out.
Wow. That's strong. Cool stuff. Who was that? Uh, you tell me. <laughs> I'm not sure I know, <laughs> but I discovered that, but I, I don't know the artist's name. Off of Podsafe. Yeah, the, the, the band is, or group is, Curios, and the title is Little Sharks and Baby Dolphins. Um, very jazzy, but yet very inspired by the French composer Eric Satie. He has a very famous piece called Gymnopedes, Gymnopedes or something like that. And our French audience is vomiting in their, <laughs> I don't, their microphones. I don't pretend to, be, to know how that word is pronounced, Gymnopedies or something like that. But uh, it's a very famous piece of music, and uh, if you were to hear it, you would know it instantly. But, you know, there's a little sati going on in there, but it's really doing its own thing. Really strong. I'm sure uh, many of you hated that. I hope not. But We hope as many people hated it as possible. <laughs> that's the kind of music I, I, I live for uh, discovering, actually. That, I was very pleasantly surprised when I found that on Podsafe. And, uh, cool stuff. Gymnopede number one featured in the movie... Man on Wire, ah. which is not yet released on, on uh, Blu-ray. I haven't finished watching that yet. <laughs> Maybe you should. How about right now? No. It's a classic heist film. I like it. <laughs> so I'm going to run through some things here. I'm just going to go through all the stuff that I normally collect throughout the day, every day, you know, when I'm like taking breaks and that kind of thing. I'll just go out on the web and see what's going on. And using one of my favorite tools, Evernote. I just pop things in there when I find something interesting. Hey, I just got a tweet from Lance Armstrong. It says, Uh-oh. just took a shower, got it got in under 10 minutes. Woo. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of thing that uh, Twitter's good for. And when I say that kind of thing, I'm talking that kind of crap. Every once in a while, people talk about urinating on Twitter, like they go to the bathroom. But in Lance's case, it's actually really interesting because if he talks about having to urinate, it's usually a drug test, you know, one of the mandated drug tests. In fact, I was a couple of weeks ago when he was in France before he broke his collarbone. Um, he said, oop, knock at the door. And then a couple minutes later, he said, yeah, mandatory drug testing, took blood, urine, and hair. So they they really chopped him up pretty good. He took one of his thumbs. He took a, actually an entire testicle and shaved his head bald. <laughs> he doesn't have many of those to spare either. No, not even, I don't know. I don't know if he's he got might even one or one. none. I'm not sure anymore. Well, like I was saying, the, the, the thing that haven't, I... Haven't been there. <laughs> in a while. <laughs> The thing that I do is I'll just pop some uh, some news items. So I have some updates on some of the things I've talked about before. Some you know yeah, copyright news. We've, we've been updating the copyright stuff forever. Well, our, and it's our, never going to end. Our listeners are bored. It's never going to end. Let's talk about Obama's fascism. Well, that's part of it. It actually is part of it. But let me hit some of these things. Uh, let's see. Let me look at this a uh, couple of news. Okay, remember the the New Zealand copyright law? Well, they tried putting that thing, ramming that thing through in the uh, the French government, and the French government uh, revolted. They, they voted against it. They voted that down. So the copyright law I'm talking about is uh, if you're accused of uh, copyright violations, you'll have your internet access yanked away well, it from got, you. It got overturned in New Zealand already, right? It did, but people are still trying to ram it through. And Sarkozy, you know, Sarkozy, whatever you want to call him, the, the French... Prime Minister is he the Prime Minister President? One of those. One. He's he's the uh, head of state. Um, Married to an Italian woman. That's right. Who's a singer? Is she? Yeah, she was on Letterman singing a few months ago. Actually, yeah, she's a big pop star. Really, I didn't know that she was actually famous for singing. I thought she was more of just like one of those arm candy things. No, no, she's a she's a performer, and apparently an arm candy thing as well. <laughs> I don't so, mean to be degrading. So great that you hold women in such high esteem. Well, I do. I especially the arm candy. The damn things that they are. <laughs> things. 
Well, I thought that's what she was famous for is her looks. Being a thing? <laughs> no. But anyways, Sarkozy, he, he tried to have this thing passed and- Again with a thing. And uh, no, not he wasn't trying to have his wife passed. He was trying to have the, uh, the similar law to the New Zealand law passed, and uh, it got voted down. Next item up for bids. The, uh, the whole, uh, we talked about this before, the whole uh, issue with uh, cable companies trying to limit access to certain items. Did we talk about that? Do you remember that stuff? Mm-hmm. Where the cable companies are trying to limit bandwidth and, and trying to throttle well, when, things. When haven't they done that? Well, I think, okay, so you, you purchase internet access, right? You say, I'm I'm purchasing uh, your broadband access from Time Warner, whoever your, your provider is, and you're paying a, a monthly rate. It doesn't matter how much you download or upload. You're paying a monthly rate, right, for the speed that you're, you're purchasing. Yeah. Well, what they've done in the past is they've tried in certain areas to to limit this, and they've tried to actually limit based on certain types of services. Like they tried to shut down the ports that that BitTorrent uses. Um, and some of the disturbing aspects of this is you have a company like Time Warner whose business is cable television, right? Well, I thought it was media. <laughs> well, you'd think, but but their you know their bread and butter is television. They they're there to push television, and, and they get a lot of their money from the 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 broadcast channels. So what yes. they don't want people is using the internet to to watch television, thereby shutting down their their ratings on the television that you watch over the, the cable channels. Um, so what they're doing is they're in some limited areas, Time Warner is shutting down uh, or or they're charging you for the, the amount of downloads or for by the by the bandwidth that you're using. Um, and they sort of sprung this on a few uh, areas, and the people are kind of revolting to it. And there's a uh, what a revolting development this is. Yeah, there's a and this happened in one of the areas close to us in Rochester, New York. They they sort of sprung it on it, and amazingly enough, they sprung this on areas where there is no competition, so that people can't actually drop Time Warner. Right, right. So people are are suddenly getting. Uh, hit with these these bills for extra bandwidth usage for downloading television shows, so you know there's a little bit of a battle brewing there. You know, and again, I'm I'm all for free and unfettered access to information, and uh, it seems like what you've got is a lot of people trying to chip away at those those access rights. Well, you know, and it's it's strange because in this this economic downturn that we've had, I've seen some companies actually opting not to gouge as deeply. There were some insurance companies that lowered their rates. Okay, we, I guess we don't have to charge you for this, which tells <laughs> me that they never had to charge right. us for that, which tells me that they were freaking gouging from day one. You know, if it's really not an essential part of their bottom line, they were just gouging. But I mean, uh, in this new economy going forward, this we all have to suffer economy. I mean, even the corporations have to start, you know, uh, charging less here and there and making their rates reasonable. I mean, you know, what, what does my bill cost for cable, television, and internet? It's like one hundred and two dollars a month. Huh? It should be like sixty bucks, fifty bucks. Well, the question I've got They're is just gouging. The question I've got is okay if I'm downloading. A billion gigabytes worth of stuff. Which, That's a lot. Which I think is a petabyte, technically. If I'm if I'm what? downloading that much Pedophile? stuff, yeah. Well, it depends on what you're, you're downloading. downloading. Child porn. <laughs> Shh. 
So if I'm downloading so much stuff, is it actually causing wear and tear on the equipment well, that they're going to have to replace? they got to lube it and grease it every once in a while. Those bits need lubrication yeah, is what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. So, in, in fact, what you're sort of alluding to is exactly what this— I'll be the judge of what I'm alluding to, sir. Is what this uh, this representative, his name is Eric Massa of uh, Rochester— He's kind of saying is that, you know— Rochester, in, New York? Rochester, Ro- Minnesota? Rochester, New York. Okay. He, he's saying this is exactly the worst time to be raising rates on people, not just because it costs more, but because in this economic times, we don't have manufacturing facilities creating jobs. What we have is information technology creating jobs or maintaining jobs, and you're you're creating a chilling effect by shutting down Internet access or by limiting Internet access. What you want is more— flowing through the pipes kind of thing so that people can create new business models. You know, take the internet, look at Twitter. You've got, I have no idea how they're making money or they're going to make money, but that kind of an idea couldn't actually occur if you're limiting internet access. You can actually look at Twitter now. It's the left screen on my mini. Yeah. It's still not making money. All right. Yeah. Well, you were looking at it though. I I looked at it. I was forced. Now I'm looking at it. So his point is, when you have new technologies and you let information flow, it actually creates more jobs. It creates more innovation. And by shutting it down well, or by charging just, more. It's just another example it's of arbitrary, these really. people holding on to the old business model. I mean, we've talked about it a million times with the music industry. You know, what was the example that you gave? You know, somebody has the house on the side of Mount Vesuvius and they want the government to pass a law that says this lava is not allowed to hit us right. when, when the volcano erupts. Well, sorry, but it's going to, you know, adapt or die. What, 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 did, uh, what did Clint Eastwood say in that dumb movie he did about the Falklands War or the, the – not the Falklands War. What was that little fruit stand we knocked over during the Reagan administration in the Caribbean um, – the little island we went to to Grenada, elect- Grenada, yeah. During the Grenada campaign, you know, uh, Clint Eastwood did a war on it. Something Ridge, Heartbreak Ridge. I think. Oh, was that was about called. Grenada? I didn't yeah. watch that movie. Yeah, and he played like this drill sergeant, and his motto was adapt, something overcome. You know, adapt, improvise, overcome, something like that. Those were his three words. And that's really where you have to be these days, you know. And charging people more, we're actually in an an economic time where I suspect people will just say no to the Internet. If they just play and can't afford it, they're going to have to say no. Or they're going to pitch in with their neighbors in an apartment building and buy one connection and then just put up a broadband connection or something. I mean, my friend Matt, who lives in D.C. on Wisconsin Avenue, his apartment building offers free Wi-Fi. He doesn't even need the Internet. You know, and, and with a lot of people sharing it, yeah, there's some bandwidth issues, but he can stream YouTube without any problem. You know, he doesn't have any problem with that. So they must have a pretty fat connection. Well, what's killing me is a lot of a lot of uh, municipalities are trying to create free cities, Wi-Fi. Yeah, cities are doing giant zones of hotspots. And, and it's being fought tooth and nail because people don't want that. Not people as in the citizens. What people don't want it are corporations who could have been making money off that deal. And gov- some people, some smart people in government are realizing, look, this is something that in this day and age is kind of like, and even this this representative says, it's kind of like a utility. It's kind of like water. It's kind of like one of the other, like telephone, you know? You, there, are, there are things That's that you That's another need. Clint Eastwood film, actually, Telephone, T-E-L-E-F-O-N. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, it's a classic from the 70s. 
you know, some of these things that they used to be a luxury, they used to be like this fad, this technology that was so cool. But now telephone is a necessity. I mean, 911 is required to be in, in every area and you have to be able to call it as a free call, even in cell phones. Because it's a necessity, because communication is required in this, this day and age. And the Internet has be, is becoming that, where if you don't have access to Internet, you can't get free, unfettered information that helps people adapt and survive in, in this society. And, in fact, it helps businesses thrive. Well, you know, emergency services are, are going through the Internet these days. So, so what's going on is you've got Time Warner stuck in the same old business model where they make money by controlling stuff. And it, again, it's not a coincidence that they're shutting down or they're, or they're charging extra for specific bandwidth in only the areas where there's no competition. I mean, so well, that's that's just gouging the cities yeah. that they're right. They're 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 testing this plan out in is in places where they have people have no recourse. Well, when people have representatives like this guy, you know, you got to stand up and clap for him. He's saying, look, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I applaud the, Except the I Rochester didn't, I didn't stand up. I, I was remained seated. Well, you know, speaking of the government wanting to improve access to the Internet, I'm not even sure that's entirely true because I was emailed an article from our uh, our friend Kirsten who lives in um, – Montana. Did, was she live in the, the – um, Montana? The Arctic? I think it's Montana. She lives in the Northwest Territories or something. She's gone up there? Alaska? I thought it was Montana. I thought it was the Northwest Territories. Well, she'll let us know. Yeah. She she emailed me this this Mother Jones article, and the article is entitled, Should Obama Control the Internet? And I'm not going to obviously read this whole thing to you, but basically it comes down to Obama making some sort of classic George Bush-like power grab, you know? Like the government should have the ability to turn off the Internet in times of emergency, you know? It's just and that's, that's just in quotes, you know? Well, what, what define time of emergency? Um, well, you know, a, a time of emergency, you know. So they're 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 making this mad power grab. See, I think secretly the governments hate the internet because the internet is the great democratizing thing. It's democratized the media. You know, our corporate media would ignore these big stories, but now we have big bloggers talking about these events and putting it in the corporate media's face so they can't even ignore all of these stories anymore like they used to. They used to just keep us quiet and stupid and and just provide all this diversionary media. But, you know, now we've got Obama wanting to, like, take over the Internet in a time of an emergency to be able to shut it down. And to me, I mean, again, the Internet being such a big democratizing tool – you know, lots of, of grassroots political organizing happens through the Internet and a truly evil government that wanted to keep its citizens docile, stupid and, you know, at bay. You know, uh, what was that stuff called in um, not 1984? What was the other? Soma. Soma. Yeah. Soma. Yeah. You know, keep the masses at bay with Soma gas or whatever that stuff was called. Was a, I think it was a pill, but it was it's essentially the the pill that makes all of your worries it makes go you away. docile and sheep-like. Sheep says I, to quote Malcolm McDowell from A Clockwork Orange. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think secretly the government, you know, is terrified of these tools. And, and when I say the government, I mean the government and their corporate masters. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the status quo, everybody wants the status quo, at least the people in power, the elites want the status quo to stay the same. They want big oil to keep making lots of money so they can buy lots of yachts. And so people and I, like you and I, are subservient to them and have to buy their gas. And these people have a great deal of influence and power in the government. And that might even go so far as to being able to 
turn off the internet. Well, so I mean, we should definitely be lobbying our congressman. Our local congressman is uh, our Curie, and I don't know who yours is over there in the great. Uh, uh, it used to be Walsh, but he retired. Now it's Maffei. Yeah. So let's start lobbying our congressman. Should Obama control the internet? No. Uh, no. No. Absolutely no. not. How about you know, no? Very disappointing. Let's say it again. No. That's something that, that I would expect from the last administration. Exactly. But, it's a very Bush-like power grab. But the, the thing that, that- And I don't like the Bush. The, apparently. The thing that, that is more disturbing is you have someone who who ran a lot of his campaign on being able to understand that you know today's generation and, and new technology. And unfortunately, this is just a complete dumbass kind of move because to me, I, I equate that to someone saying- I need to have control to shut down roads. You know, I mean, who does that? How it's not even possible. I don't even think you can shut down all roads and and similarly, I don't even think you can you can shut down all of the internet all at once. Yeah, it's got so many uh, redundant features built in. That's how it was designed to withstand nuclear war. I mean, that was the whole point of it. You have one node get hit with a, a nuke and it reroutes itself around that thing. So, you'd have to have massive controls You'd have to have everyone complicit in this in order to shut it down. And on top of that, there are, again, so many businesses depend on the Internet to, to, to run and to survive. If you say, I'm shutting the Internet down, you're not just shutting down communication and news. You're shutting a lot of businesses down. That's like saying, let's ground all of the airplanes. Let's shut down all the roads. We can't have any, any commerce whatsoever until the president says that it's okay. That's crap. Well, it, it, it just gets down to that. Trust us. No, no, I don't trust you. No. We, we, we found out what checks happened. checks and balances. We found out what happened in the last administration when we said, they said, you know, we know who the terrorists are. Trust us. And you know what? No problem. We'll take care of that for you. <laughs> we got uh-uh. it under control. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's just not going to happen. And then, again, the other disappointing thing was the one that I, I responded when you, you sent me that article. The other disappointing thing is Obama sending this brief uh, which basically says that they're going to continue the policies of the Bush administration of of just uh, doing the whole uh, uh, what was that thing called? I can't even remember well, the name of it. There are a lot of Shutting... prisoners in Guantanamo who are arguing for their their extraordinary rendition. I was, yeah. I was searching for the words. Yeah. Yeah. Just taking people and shutting down their rights and just holding them indefinitely. And Obama's imprisoning them indefinitely. The Department of Justice of Obama's is making, continuing and making the same arguments that Bush made that we can hold them forever just because they're darkies and no, they no, no. sound like they might be Arabic. And in fact, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're using like the, the word in its own definition kind of thing. They're saying, you know what? We're saying that, that we can do these things because the law that was passed says that we can do these things. And as long as we're not, as long as we're not doing anything harmful you know, willfully is what we're we're saying that, that that everything's okay. You know, again, it's another trust me move, and, and I'm not articulating this well. But what the the argument is saying is the law, the the Patriot Act law, says that we can hold these people, we can we can break all sorts of laws that, that normal people can't break, as long as the government is breaking these laws and circumventing these laws in a non malicious way. 
And who's to, de- who's to determine what's the non-malicious way? Who's to determine if something was done willfully or not? It's the, the government. M- the militificators. <laughs> right. Who's, who's determining that? It's like saying, trust us. It's, it's literally one big giant, trust us, we're good for you. It's like a bizarre sort of recursive algorithm, you know? They wrote, they created this law and said, well, the law is legal because we created a law that says the law is legal. That's exactly it. It sort of reminds me of a joke I told a friend today, actually. I, I asked him if this piece of software that he wrote has extensibility like plugins and and he said no and I said well could you write me a plugin for it that allows me to run plugins <laughs> well anyway it's just a dumb joke but yeah well but it's the same thing can you you know can you write a law that says that you can break the law which is what they've done can god create a stone so heavy he can't lift it he just chooses not to yeah, well it's an interesting question though well anyway yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of uh, different news items here that I've got collecting in my bucket, and I'll bring some out at another time. Yeah, I think... I've, I've got some in my bucket, too, and uh, I think we covered two of them. I have a third. I guess we'll, we'll save it for another time. But Just one quick mention. Uh-oh. The Automotive X Prize we brought up probably a year ago. Mm-hmm. Starting to heat up again. They've actually announced the full 111 competitors in the Automotive X Prize. They've kicked it off, and... They should be telling us if someone can reach the equivalent of 100 miles per gallon by next year. And uh, some of the interesting fuels are things like compressed air and water. Well, there's a compressed air car being made in France right now that you can buy. Sounds like a fart when it drives by, I'm sure. It's like the Jetsons. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there are compressed air cars right now, and it's kind of cool. All right. That's it. So uh, we got a tune. We got some tunage. We do. There's some more. Let's check it out.
that's a little different. Not uh, something we we normally don't play things in that style. Well, it's because all of that you. often. That's well. What does that mean? It's because you're uh, picky. What does that mean? It's your uh, inordinately uh, conservative <laughs> when it comes to music. Uh, I don't know what that means. Your mind I, is completely closed. I wouldn't say it's closed. I, I've been called the most open-minded music listener in the world by people before. Yeah, well, you talk to the same people all the time. <laughs> you know, well, that, that, yeah. Who was that? What was that? That was Only in the Mornings, Shudder. What's the band name and what's the song? You know what? I'm not so sure. I think that that was uh, Shudder, Only in the Mornings, or Only in the Mornings by Shudder. It was one of the two. We'll have to figure that out. I'll, I'll mark it up on the, on the it's, website. It's kind of critical. Well, I'll mark it up on the website. Briefly want to mention a, a film that I saw that I actually had been looking forward to seeing for quite some time, Revolutionary Road with Leo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. It was kind of a... Oops, a little Titanic, Titanic reunion, part two. if you will. You know, because they, they did have a certain chemistry on screen. And in many ways, this was a reunion of Titanic because Kathy Bates was in this film as well. Giant so we, ship. We had no, not a ship to be found anywhere. No icebergs. There, there was some water. They were on the beach very briefly. No and, icebergs, though. Now, apparently this film um, was based on a book, which was actually written in the 60s. So it took quite a while. The early 60s, I guess, was when Revolutionary Road was written in. You know, I have not read the book, but I kind of see the film as a kind of a criticism of that middle American 1950s dream that, that you know, we, we all had or people in the 50s had or that we saw on Happy Days, you know. Leave um, it to Beaver, kind of June Cleaver the kind of thing. ideal lifestyle. And Father things, knows best. Yeah, things certainly were better then. We had a much more robust economy and one one parent could work and you could raise a family and have a house and have a car and have food in your refrigerator, and then a woman could be at home and be subservient and make babies, as God intended. <laughs> well, and as you see in some of those commercials recently about some sort of uh, cholesterol medication, back then they also didn't know about cholesterol, so they'd have stuff with butter sticks sticking out of it. Have you seen those? The Buttertons? Yeah. So I'm yeah. Mm, honey, thank you. And that was also the era of better living through chemistry. <laughs> right. You know? But I, this was uh, – I actually liked – Leo and Kate together in uh, in Titanic. I thought they had a certain chemistry, and I was I was kind of excited about the idea of them doing a film together. This is a little bit stronger. You know, the best part of that film story. was well, which film? Titanic. What was that? It was when I was leaving. Yeah, you you didn't like. I that. didn't like Titanic. Yeah, you loved it. You're a romantic at heart. I am, but not not with that film. So you know who directed this? Sam Mendes. You know whose husband Sam Mendes is? I don't know. Kate Winslet. Oh, is he really? Yep. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. A little he was nepotism a little going on there. Film director there. He's a great director. He's done what did he do? American Beauty. I think so. And, um, I don't know. They actually Revolutionary Road. I think he did. Yeah, I think he did that. <laughs> they list some of his filmography here: Jarhead, Road to Perdition. Jarhead was pretty good. Yeah, he's got a pretty strong filmography. But anyway, back to the film. Um, I, I saw this as a scathing criticism of that classic American lifestyle thing. And it's something that we talk about even now. You know, people want to achieve this SUV 2.2 kids, have a camp by the lake and have a boat. And then we're going to be happy, right? We're going to be yep. happy when we have this. But in this film, they're finding that they're not happy with this lifestyle. You know, it's in the mid-50s, I would guess, by the traffic and the cars, you know, and the styling, right. you know, the house and the clothes and the vehicles and stuff like that. And – 
Kate Winslet's character, April, has this crazy idea that she wants to move to Paris. She, she fancies herself kind of a bohemian, and she wants to live in Paris. And her husband is very unhappy with his job. He's just been doing it because he's got to pay the bills. I mean, we, you know. I can relate. Okay. John can relate. Not me, however, since I'm not working right now. But um, most people, I think, can relate to that. You know, most people, I don't think, like – most people don't love their jobs, Right. right. Um, you know, if you love your job, you never have to work a day in your life. I mean, I've, you know, I hear that and I see that in some stupid commercial that's going. I might be the Buttertons, actually. That's <laughs> probably might, it. Might be in that commercial. But then but, you live to 60 because you die of heart disease. Yeah. So, you know, Leo's character plays a man who works at a business machine company, you know. An uh, international company? I, I, I don't know. It's I, They may be pointing at IBM or something like that. And. And he's, you know, living a very humdrum lifestyle and he's barely making ends meet. And then he's he's planning on quitting because they're going to move to France. So he writes a report as a joke on a lark, you know, basically writing something so absurd that he doesn't care if he gets fired because he's leaving soon. And guess what? They loved it. They thought it was brilliant thinking and fresh, new, out-of-the-box creative ideas. And because they are a, a fledgling, burgeoning business machine company, they're about to start coming out with these things called computers, which, of course, ah. as we know, will revolutionize the world. And that would obviously be a very profitable thing. So they offer him a position as you know some director or something in this new computer division of this business machine company. And suddenly he's making real money and he no longer wants to go to France. And this just absolutely crushes his wife, April. And some very drastic and dramatic thing hap- things happen after that point. And I, I will just say this. I think in many ways this film was also a, a call for legal and safe abortions. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so I, I think this, this this book must have been absolutely over the top in 1962 or whenever it was written because if it's anything like the movie, I mean, it's just an absolutely scathing criticism of the, the American lifestyle and and the the, the automatons and, and machines that it was creating. You know, instead of creating people that are trying to find happiness, they're trying to find this thing that other people call this American ideal, you know. You know, it'd be keeping up with the Joneses, you know, I mean, that's one of the oldest sayings around and it really applies to the kind of things that are going on now and the kind of things that are going on in this film. And yeah, I thought it was really strong. And uh, Kathy Bates has a son who um, spent some time in a mental institution and he's the most free and open speaker in the movie. And you need to see the movie alone just to see the, the role played by this person. Uh, actually, they, they say his name here. Um, Michael Shannon plays the addled and electroshocked son of local real estate agent Kathy Bates, and he's marvelous in the role. Yeah, what what a refreshing character. And I have no idea if he's in the book, but what a refreshing air he lent to this story because he's the only one telling the truth in the film. You know, we all live in our own little worlds of denial and things like that, and he's forcing you to look at these these truths, and it was it was refreshing, but uh, pretty strong. I like well, it. Well, some of the things that you're talking about, it's it's kind of reminding me of something I heard just briefly um, this week, and in, and it was a, a, an interview in on IT Conversations with a, a psychologist, and, and the name is escaping me. Is that a podcast? Yes, it is. Um, he's, he's a psychologist who's, who's done lots and lots of years, like 30, 40 years worth of study of, of aging and about some of the, the, the way that people are retiring and some of the, the problems they've got when they're retiring and, and the way things have changed over the years. And mostly he's saying he's finding that the people who are happiest in the world 
are the ones who are in their 50s. And it's because they're finally, you know, the kids are out of the house. They're, they don't have the responsibilities to support their children. They're suddenly alone, you know, either alone or with their spouse that they've been, you know, working hard. And, and they finally decided, you know, I'm going to do something for me and I'm going to do the job that I really want, not because I have to make the money, not because I have to produce all this income to, to keep up a lifestyle, but I'm going to do the job that I want because it's the job that's going to make me happy. And then these people are happy. They're, I mean, they're in, they're in their 50s, and they're finally happy. Happy, happy, Georgia. You yeah. know, we have a mutual friend who's finally doing the job she wants. We should get her on the show to talk about that. And who is that? Um, Lizzie Borden. <laughs> <laughs> she did a job. <laughs> yeah. She was very happy while something, she was doing something it. Something about 40 wax or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it might have been. And she's not unlike the person I'm talking about, from, <laughs> from what I can tell. So. <laughs> okay. No, so anyway, no, no. check out Revolutionary Road, you know, really strong performances. And as much as Leo was very much the, the late 90s pretty boy, the guy's got some chops. You know, oh, the guy's, he's a, great he's a really actor. talented actor. And, and Winslet's very talented. Obviously, Kathy Bates is, is amazing. And again, the, the person who played her son in this film, Does really Does she ever strong. take anyone hostage and, you know, whack their legs with a hammer? She just hobbles them right at the ankles. <laughs> Leo was limping through the whole film. Just it checking. Was, it was just kind of crazy. So. So uh, what do we got? Anything left? I have this little button. What does the button do? Oh, does that? Stop it with the who button? Button? Who's got the button? Anyway, this is Rich Wilgus, and I am John Tellerico. You've been listening to Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. Please leave us a voicemail: two zero six three seven six one nine zero seven. Hit us. Feedback at bloodyveg.com. Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Maybe we'll even have a new web design up there in the next few days or Probably. weeks or something to show you. John, John's been experimenting. You know what happens when you experiment? I don't know. You get high. <laughs> That's right. Kids, don't experiment. That no. would just be wrong. Anything else? No, that's it. I'm going to go take a nap. We're going to have to try to get Fran on, though. As long as there's corn chips, I guess she'll be here. That's right. Anyway, remember, you've been listening to the VIB, 